Welcome back to Chappy Chats. I hope you had a good week. Mine was pretty good except for the fact of a lot of people complaining about slip sliding around. We had an ice storm and sleet storm and it made things pretty slick around here. When I did go to work, the only trouble I had was getting out of my neighborhood. I do not know why, but the street just out of our neighborhood that you have to turn on to go anywhere else is always pretty clear. And so I really didn't have a rough time. And then the highway I have to travel is also usually fairly clear. But a lot of people had trouble slip sliding around and uh, quite a few wrecks and other things. But for me, it was a good week and a full week with a lot of activities and scurrying around to get some things done that should have been done before we had to do them at the last minute. But that's what happens sometimes when people don't follow through on what they're supposed to do. So, what do I want to talk to you about this week? Well, last night I went with a friend and my wife to a production put on about C.S. Lewis. It was called Further In, Further Up, looking deeper into the thoughts of C.S. Lewis. Well, Some of you may not know who C.S. Lewis is, but I think a lot of people do. He was a man who was a literature professor, and he was an atheist, and he just couldn't conceive of God. Now, up until he was 14, he had a faith in God, and then he left it and came back to it when he was 30. But in that in-between time, he was convinced that there was not a God, and one of the reasons was, is uh, during World War I, how could God, who was loving and kind, allow all of this destruction? Now, I'm not going to try to answer that in this podcast, and C.S. Lewis did a lot of writing about that, and he wrote a book called The Problem of Pain and Mere Christianity, along with others, and he explains this in depth to why this can be. But in this production last night, He made a couple of statements that made me really think, and I want to share with you. And those statements were that, what happens when God doesn't answer a prayer? He told a story of when one man went in and he prayed for a young fellow, and that young fellow was healed, and there was no more cancer in his body. And yet, other people would pray, and they were not healed. So, How do we explain those things? And I liked what he said. We can't explain them, though we try to explain them. I've met church people who believe that God still does healings and that he still is able to take away disease and make people whole. And when they pray for someone and they don't get well, they think they have to give an excuse for God. But, you know, if God knows what's best for us and he knows what our span of time on this earth is, then it makes sense that not everybody would be healed that we pray for because in praying, that would extend the time that God intended. Now, God didn't cause the disease, but God knew it was going to happen because he knew, knows rather that we live in a sin-fallen world. And because we live in that sin-fallen world, that we have disease. We have hard times. We have ailments and issues that never would have been a part of humanity were it not for the fact that humanity turned away from God. And so, unlike my friends, he realizes that 
We're not in charge. God is in charge. There's something beyond us in charge. Even if you don't want to believe it's God, if you sincerely look at, sincerely look at life, you will see that you're not in charge of much of anything, no matter what you do. Just look at your own life, faith or no faith, and think about people that you've known that everybody's like, oh, they're healthy. I don't know why they died. They shouldn't have died. You may have even heard doctors say they shouldn't have died. And then you have doctors shaking their head who may not believe in God or the people around them believe in God. And they're like, I don't know, but they're alive. I don't know how they're alive. They shouldn't be alive. I mean, my brother is one that he's a survivor almost 40 years now of a stage four cancer, and he wasn't supposed to live. And if he did live, he wouldn't be able to do much, but live a mild-mannered life. And he lives anything but a mild-mannered life as far as activities. So C.S. Lewis was like, you're not in control. But these other people, because they want to have an explanation, will come up with things like, well, they just didn't have enough faith. And I've always thought that was funny when God said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, and if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's really small, then you can move a mountain. Now, seems kind of funny that God wouldn't take the faith. Or it says, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It does avail much, but availing much doesn't mean availing always. And so even if a righteous man prayed, God still is working in each individual life for what is best, and so we're not in charge. So we don't need to make an excuse if they didn't have faith. Or my favorite one is, well, they must have had a demon. Now, <laughs> I don't get that one. I don't understand why they'd say that, but I really like what C.S. Lewis said. And in another place, not last night, but C.S. Lewis said, you know, prayer is not so much about us getting God to come over to our side, but it's about us seeing God's side and conforming to his will and his actions and moving forward, recognizing his love and grace and sustaining in our life, no matter the difficulty, whether it's the loss of a loved one, it's a disappointment in our life or a defeat in our life. He's always there and ready to give us a new level of success. That's what my preacher preached about this morning in the 23rd Psalm, where it says, I prepare for you a table in the presence of your enemies. And when you look at that, it's a table that's prepared in the middle of a battle, meaning that God is there in those battles. Not that you always win them, but he's always there and he has provision for you in the midst of those battles. And then another thing he said, and I think this is true today, especially in America, because we're so affluent. Even our poor people live better than 90% of the rest of the world. Think about that. Our poor people live better than 90% of the world. So we're not hit every day with the idea, and the illustration the preacher used was, he talked to a friend over in another country where he had to go to the well and hope the well had water and he could pull it up and then he could take it back to his house and then he could do the things he needed to do with the water. And here in America, we just go turn a faucet on, most of us. Now, there's some people I realize you'd say, oh, but what about the homeless and what about the poor that had their uh, water service cut off? I, I get that. But for the most part in America, we can go turn on a tap. We could go to the quick, quick bathroom and turn on that tap. But we don't have to worry about that water. But even more importantly to what C.S. Lewis said, 
was when there's a thousand Luftwaffe planes coming down the Thames River, you begin to think with certainty, this is my day. I'm not going to be here. And you have a little bit of clarity about the fact of whether you need to decide, is there a God or is there not a God? Is there something to this spirituality or is it all just religious mysticism and magical tricks to placate our souls so we won't think about the end? Now, C.S. Lewis would think, and I do too, that no, it's a time when we need to get clarity, that there is something beyond here, and we need to be ready for that that is beyond here. And I think a lot of people don't think about that today. We're so tied up in the old idea of eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die and then we're worm food. I don't believe that. I just believe if you really look at the world, you'll see that there's something beyond just an accident that became a thinking human being that has rational thoughts that can plan out, organize, and make a way. I just don't believe that this is happenstance. I believe that there is an order to our universe, and if there is an order to our universe, then there is one who created that order. I happen to believe it's God and Jesus Christ, his son. Maybe you'll pick a different religion. I don't know. But I want you to think about that this week. When you're praying or meditating, what are you really praying or meditating for? Is it about making it through life with joy and peace and grace and mercy and giving the same to others? Or is it simply a cosmic wish list of what you think ought to be and what you want it to be? And in this wonderful country we live in, are you so enamored with your lack of need, even if you're a poor person, 90% better off than the rest of the world, that you do not have clarity that an end will come? And what are you going to do when that end comes? Blessing, protection, and favor as you go through your next week.